into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so please give a warm round of applause and welcome to today's guest in the hot seat nicole newless nicole how are you i'm good how are you i am doing just fine and dandy it is a good day out there is no rain which is probably the first time that has happened in about a week's time so i am seeing sunshine and i am determined to only think positive today you said there was no rain, and now visions of bee girls are dancing in my head. <laughs> Indeed. The uh, melodious, melodious, eh, somewhat melodious sounds of Shannon Hoon. <laughs> somewhat Certainly. melodious. Melodious enough. They were, they were never my favorite, but it's definitely, that song is a 90s icon. It is, it is. Well, all I can say is that these questions will not be pretty plain. No, no, no. These are going to be some tough questions. You don't even know what you're in for here. This is your first time in the hot seat in the uh, new uh, environment here, the post-hiatus. you have any idea what we're doing? No. I've, I mean, I've been in the hot seat a few times. I was in the hot seat for Classic Beat My Guest. I was in the hot seat for Beat My Other Guest right before the quarantine. And now I'm in the hot seat for this. But nope, nobody spoiled me on what it is. Excellent, excellent. And you are going to be surprised, and uh, if you're listening for the first time, <laughs> where have you been? Uh, you might be surprised. We, Nicole, are going to be taking part in the first ever, first annual Beat My Guest tournament. That's right, a tournament. 16 contestants will each take an individual turn in the hot seat. The top six scorers will return for the semifinals, and ultimately, at the end of this hootenanny, we are going to declare ourselves a champion. Nice. <laughs> I am. I am excited to see how this goes, and hopefully, I will hold my own. Well, you and me both. I'm telling you, <laughs> we're experimenting with new things here. But uh, you know, uh, I've got about two months worth of patience left, and hopefully. <laughs> because <laughs> i don't have another thousand uh <laughs> two months is more patience than most of us have right now not gonna lie <laughs> it is brand new season brand new rules so we're gonna kick things off with a brand new game it is called this that or the other and you call this is how it works i am going to give you three categories then i'm going to read off a list of 10 items for each one that you can correctly place in the correct category you'll receive one point However, be careful. Some items may in fact fit multiple categories, in which case you will only get your point if you correctly state all the categories in which that item fits. Got it so far? Got it. However, two things I will promise you. Uh, one, each item does fit at least one category. I may be a cruel taskmaster, but not so cruel as to give you a dummy answer that does not fit any category. Uh, so you can take a guess freely. Uh, there will be no null set here. No shenanigans. I promise you that. Also, for all you game theorists out there, these 10 items are being pulled at random from a much larger list of options. So don't try and figure out, well, there's been four in this one and two in this one. And that's not going to help you in any way, shape, or form, for we are pulling these at random. With all that in mind, are you ready to hear the categories? I am ready to hear the categories. It's easy peasy here. Are your categories 
for today. This will be leaflet synonyms. Synonyms for the word leaflet. Leaflet synonyms. That will be words found in Hamilton song titles. Words found in Hamilton song titles. And the other will be Swiss cantons. Swiss cantons. So I will read you your list of items. You must answer leaflet, Hamilton, or Swiss, or some combination thereof if you believe the item falls into multiple categories. Are you ready to go? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. I feel reasonably good about leaflet synonyms. I'm pretty good at words and synonyms, you know, being a writer and all. Words in Hamilton song titles, um, less so. We all know how the complete the list round on Hamilton song titles that I was in went. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't listened to that episode yet. Not well. And <laughs> I know nothing about Swiss geography. So this is going to be a trip. It will be a trip, hopefully, uh, to somewhere in Central Europe, because that'll help a little bit. But uh, here is your item number one. Item number one, and as an aside to all listeners and future contestants, for this, that, and the other, uh, this is an audio-styled round only. I am not spelling anything. Uh, you got to figure that out for yourself. And homonyms, homophones, fair game for classification in categories. That is good to know. I did the spelling bees when I was in middle school, and I was able to, well, I wasn't able to ask the spellings, but I was able to ask things like, what is the, what language does the word come from? So, yeah, audio only, <laughs> homonyms count. Got it. There you go. First item, Argow. 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 Okay, I am pretty sure that is not in the title of a Hamilton song. I've feel like I've at least heard enough of those bounced around that such a strange name would stick in my head. I've never heard of a leaflet called an argow, so I know there's a lot of different weird languages in Switzerland. I mean, I know that I think French is the first language that comes to mind, but there's also some Germanic goodness in Switzerland. So I'm going to guess for Argau, just Swiss Canton. Swiss Canton is correct. Well done. One point for you. Uh, there's there's two words you don't usually hear in the same sentence, German and goodness. I mean, <laughs> hey, facts be facts. Uh, well done. Yeah. One, one for one. We're going to move on to item number two. Item number two is pamphlet. Pamphlet. Well, that's definitely a leaflet synonym, perhaps the most famous leaflet synonym. I don't think there's going to be a Swiss canton called pamphlet. Now the question is whether it is a word in a Hamilton song title or not, just because Hamilton takes place in the late 17, early 1800s. A lot of those leaflets back in that time were referred to as pamphlets. So I think I'm actually going to say pamphlet is a leaflet synonym and a word in a Hamilton title. All right. You think we're playing double duty here with pamphlet, and there is a song in Hamilton called the Reynolds Pamphlet, Never Gonna Be President Now, Never Gonna Be President Now. <laughs> I can only hope that that's one less thing to worry about. Well done. You get your point. It is, of course, also a leaflet synonym. Well done. Yes. <laughs> That part, I figured you'd knew. <laughs> item number three. Item number three, St. Gallen. St. Gallen. So, I doubt that is a word in a Hamilton song title. That doesn't sound very American history-y. I've never heard of a pamphlet called a St. Gallen. So, I'm going to go with Swiss Canton. Swiss Canton is correct. Three for three. Item number four, Bumpf. Bump, bump, <laughs> bump. That is that is fun to say. I could just sit here, you know, needle on skip, going bump, 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 bump all day. But that, it's the new oons, 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 oons. <laughs> Again, not sure of a 
don't think I've heard of a Hamilton song title called anything bump or bump anything. Again, doesn't sound exactly like a name from early American history. I've never heard of a leaflet called a bump. So I'm going to go with Swiss Canton again. Swiss Canton is not a correct answer. A bump is a type of pamphlet, uh, usually one uh, full of uh, information that is uh, used to deceive. So uh, British people might say that is full of bump, and it kind of became the the phrase referring uh, a, a kind of pamphlet like that. Oh, so so it's basically a pamphlet full of propaganda, malarkey, etc. Indeed. Indeed. I am uh, going to need to adopt that into my vocabulary because that word is great. I believe here in America we call them chick tracks. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's oh, <laughs> that is that is a very specific kind of American bump. <laughs> Indeed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't bother checking into it. Uh, not worth your time. Number five. Number five is burn. Burn. So... I know Bern is a city in Switzerland, so I would guess that there is a canton around Bern. Um, I, it, something's tickling in my head that there's probably a Hamilton song title with Bern, B-U-R-N, as opposed to Bern, B-E-R-N. So I'm going to say Hamilton and Swiss Canton for this one. Hamilton and Swiss Canton is your answer and has earned you a point. You are absolutely correct. Burn with an E, Swiss. Burn with a U. A song sung by uh, Liza as she laments the fact that Alexander has been stepping out on her and she's going to burn all his letters. (laughs) But is she going to burn his pamphlets? (laughs) Well... His pamphlet's not necessarily full of bump, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite kinds of pamphlets, the ones that aren't full of bump. There you go. All right, four out of five. We got five to go. Let us continue with number six, which is brochure. Brochure. So definitely a leaflet synonym, another one that's in fairly common American use nowadays. Not familiar with a Hamilton song title called brochure and again I think pamphlet is a little more of that time not aware of a Swiss Canton named brochure yeah I'm gonna not overthink it and just say brochure is a synonym for a leaflet it is indeed a synonym for a leaflet and nothing else and at least in terms of our three categories well done point for you item number seven shot Shot. Well, obviously, somebody is not throwing away their shot. That is definitely a word in a Hamilton song title. I mentioned earlier that I was on Complete the List, and I was the only one who went one for the category instead of zero for the category, because I was able to toss out the song title, My Shot. (laughs) So, leaflet synonym? I don't think so. I mean, maybe some people take their shot by publishing pamphlets, although I'm not aware of shot as a synonym for a pamphlet as such the question is is there a is there a swiss canton called shot and i again i'm just going to not overthink this and i'm going to say that shot is just a word in a hamilton song title Shot is just a word in a Hamilton song title. Well done. Point for you. Or as Andy Saunders would say, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Andy. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Item number eight, Zug. Zug. Okay, so that, for some reason, that tickles something in my brain as being something Swiss. So... I'm definitely going to say Swiss Canton. As far as words in Hamilton song titles, I this is another one like bump where I feel like I would have heard it if it were a word in a Hamilton song title. And I've also never heard of a leaflet called a Zug. So I'm going to say Swiss Canton. Swiss Canton is absolutely correct. Well done there. Item number nine. Theodosia. Theodosia. So, 
I'm pretty sure there's a character in Hamilton named Theodosia. So that would make sense as a word in a Hamilton song title. I've never heard of a leaflet or a pamphlet called a Theodosia, which of course doesn't nail down that there isn't, as we well learned with the Bunf thing. And Swiss Canton, that's the one that's kind of hooking me, just because Theodosia sounds like a perfectly cromulent, vaguely pious-sounding place name, but... I think I'm just going to go with word and Hamilton song title for Theodosia. It is indeed an off-screen character in the show. Theodosia, both the uh, Aaron Burr's uh, lover and daughter named after the mother, uh, married to a British soldier. Oh, shit! Anyway, uh, one point for you. Well done. Good job. Good job. Excellent. Does sound vaguely geographic, but not a Swiss Canton. Uh, your last item in this round for this, that, and the other. Obwalden. Obwalden. So, never heard of a leaflet called an Obwalden. Never heard of the term or name Obwalden in the context of Hamilton. I feel like if that were in a Hamilton song title, it would not be a common noun synonym. It would be a name. And... I think that would have stuck in my head if that had ever come up in any of the Hamilton trivia questions that I've stumbled across over quarantine. It does sound sufficiently Germanic to be a Swiss canton in a certain part of Switzerland, so I'll just go Swiss canton. And you will get credit for another point there because it is a Swiss canton. Well done. You got nine out of ten. Nine points as we head out of the this, that. Or the other round, I think you did quite well there. How are you feeling now that you are warmed up in the hot seat? I'm feeling great. Nine out of ten is a lot better than I expected to do that round. <laughs> and the one that I missed, I've, I've now learned a new word. Now that the round is over, I want to ask, just so I can use it correctly, how do you spell bump? <laughs> I would be uh, bump with an F at the end. So B-U-M-P-F. B-U-M-P-F. Excellent. Bump. Well done. Well done. Well, now that you've got nine points, that is over with. Let's get to know our guest a little bit better. Nicole, I have tasked you. You know, I did all the asking. Uh, I, I have been giving you information. You've prepared a little fun fact for us here today. So, Nicole, what do you know? Well, I know a lot of things, but the one thing that I came here to talk about and let you all know, which is one of my favorite trivia facts in the world, is that there are three sets of American thoroughbred horses where the grandfather, the father, and the son all won the Kentucky Derby. There's Rye Count, Count Fleet, and Count Turf, and there's Pensive, Ponder, and Needles. And so they, those are three all in the same family of horses, and they all won the Kentucky Derby. Did any of them go on to win uh, uh, either the Preakness or the Belmont as well, or were they just Kentucky Derby exclusive? Count Fleet went on to win a Triple Crown. I knew that! <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know if any of the others maybe had pulled off the, the twofer. I actually don't know that off the top of my head. I will not pretend to know that off the top of my head. I'm, I should... And now after we're done we're, now after we're done with this episode, I'm probably going to go back and figure out and see whether any of the others won the other races. But the one fact that I can tell you just because it's weird and it led to an odd pilgrimage when I went to Aqueduct at one point is Count Turf, who, if you've never read the articles about Count Turf on Colin's Ghost, read them because they're fascinating horse racing history. He had a son named Manasseh Mahler who won the Wood Memorial at 64 to 1. And if you go to Aqueduct in Queens, they have pictures up of all the winners of the Wood because that's their big grade one three-year-old race Kentucky Derby prep. And so I was just freaking out with glee back in 2014 when I went to Aqueduct for the first time and I could go visit the picture of Count Turf's son, Manasseh Mahler, 
on the wood memorial wall. I mean, uh, Nicole's knowledge of horse racing is is legend. Wait for it, Derry. Uh, I, I would say if if Nicole says it, it's a fact, then that fact is affirmed. Because <laughs> it certainly ain't, it certainly ain't Alidar. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right, Coffin. We've got some very difficult questions ahead. That was just for you. That was just for you, Coffin. Get it, Coffin. Anyway, Nicole, you have nine points. We're moving on to our main question round. You're going to get five questions here. Five questions in our main round before the final twist of the episode. I'll explain that when we get there. Very the simply put, nothing but twists so far. That, 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 that's who I am. It's what I do. Uh, first True. question going to be worth. I know, brace, brace yourself. First question could be worth one point. Second question, going to be worth two points. Third question, going to be a little special question, but it's going to be worth three points. And I know, I know, it's going to blow your mind. Fourth question, four. And fifth question. Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Yep. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Five points. No points for guessing that it will be five points. But uh, yes, indeed. A very simple, uh, I don't have a name for this round yet, other than it's the main questions of the round so you know hey, hey i'll take suggestions at bmg pod uh kicking things off however with our first question for one point are you ready i'm ready all right you had mentioned that uh one of them horses in that uh super sire lineage was named needles if i'm not mistaken that is uh, true yeah funny about that uh needle is the name of a fictional sword wielded by what character? Needle is a sword wielded by what character? This does not ring a bell to me at the moment. I am not super into swashbuckling, sword-slinging fiction, be it of the book kind, the movie kind, or the TV kind. Um... Okay, who would carry a sword named Needle? I'm trying to think of if that were a vaguely sarcastic name of a full-sized sword, or if it were some kind of tiny little character, like a, you know, a spunky little mouse or something who carried a sword around, which I, I like that... I like that mental image, but okay, who would carry a sword named Needle? This is probably wrong, but for some, like, I, I can't, I can't even tell you what books these are from, but for some reason, I'm thinking of some kind of small animal, maybe like a mouse or some other kind of rodent named Martin, and so I'm just gonna say Martin. Martin is... Your answer, um, no, unfortunately, uh, not uh, the answer we were looking for here. You were very uh, correct in thinking that it probably was either uh, a derisive name of a big sword or it just happened to be a really tiny sword. Uh, it was indeed a very thin, thin sword that was given to the very tiny girl who wielded it uh, in the land of Westeros. That would be the weapon of choice of Arya Stark. Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Okay, I should have been able to get to that because even though I didn't follow the TV series, I have read the books. It's just been maybe 15 years since I've read the books. Well, that's okay. It's been 15 years since George R.R. Martin wrote a new book. So, I mean. Exactly! <laughs> so there is that. I cannot give you the points there, but we're going to move on. We have another question for you. And this one, hey, two points uh, worth if you get this one right. So uh, double, double toil and trouble and all that good stuff. In the comic strip slash cartoon series known as Peanuts, one of the main characters has a brother who hails from Needles, California. Which character is it? Okay, I don't know super well Peanuts. I mean, I've read plenty of Peanuts comics just because they're ubiquitous. Everyone knows Charlie Brown. Everyone knows Snoopy. I wasn't in the show, but my high school did put on You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and I remember watching it because I knew a couple of people in the show. All right, let's brainstorm Peanuts characters and then 
think who might have a brother in needles. So there's Lucy, there's Linus, there's Peppermint Patty, there's Charlie Brown, whose father I learned was a barber. I forget where that question came up, but I learned that recently. Irony. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think the question I read even said that it was ironic. And so my mind didn't go to his lack of hair. My mind went to the football getting taken away from him. So I said his father was a football coach, which was wrong. But I was proud of my logic, darn it. Absolutely. Needles. Needles make me think of pine trees, which makes me think of Christmas, which makes me think of candy canes, which makes me think of peppermint. So I'm going to go with peppermint patty. Wow. I mean, that is top notch talking out loud stream of consciousness. And, you know, uh, kudos. Well done in terms of. Woo. I mean, that was aces. It's not the right answer, but it was aces. I mean, you know, that's what we love. That kind of stream of consciousness. It's what this show is all about. Unfortunately, not the correct answer. Yeah, uh, this was a character who uh, was first mentioned when one of the characters wrote a letter to their long-lost brother. Uh, Eventually, the character did arrive for a visit with the main cast in the comic strip, uh, along with other siblings, Andy, Olaf, Belle, Marbles, Molly, and Rover. This is Spike, who is the brother of Snoopy. Oh, okay. I was I was thinking human characters and not doggo characters, but I like it. Yes, the uh, the fine fine offspring of Missy and Baxter for all you peanuts trivia experts. <laughs> Missy and Baxter sounds like something I should file away in case it ever comes up. There you go. We try. We aim to please. Uh, We aim to confound, and unfortunately, you're stuck on nine, but that's okay. Still three questions left in this round, and the next question is our three-pointer, which means it's no better time for Fungo, three of a kind, doing it a little bit differently than we used to do in the main game here. As usual, the answer that I am looking for, uh, there are three clues. All the clues are different, but they all point to the same singular answer. That is what you are going to give me in order to get your points. I'm going to give you one clue. If you get it right after one clue, you get three points. If you get it wrong, we will give you another clue. Uh, If you get it right at that point, two points. And if you need all three clues to get it right, you'll only earn one point for this question. Of course, if you don't get it right at all, then that's, that's, that's a goose egg, and that's that's usually how things work. I mean, you gotta you got to earn the points here. I mean, I'm like, what am I? What is that? What am I, a charity? Am I made out of points? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, I have crafted this so that there is one clue that I think is probably easier than the others, one that is kind of uh, you know, middle of the road, and one that is more difficult than the others. Uh, it would be kind of unfair of me to decide which one you get first, which one you get second, and so on. So I'm going to ask you to pick, would you like clue A, clue B, or clue C? I'll go right down the middle with clue B. Clue B, here is your clue for Fungo. Three of a kind for three points. Here is your three-point clue. Sleepless Director. Sleepless Director. Okay, I... I assume you mean Sleepless in Seattle, which is a movie that I have actually seen, which anybody who knows me, you can pick yourself up off the floor now because I don't really watch a whole lot of movies, but it was ubiquitous in the 90s, so I have seen it, but do I remember who directed it? I don't, but since we get a free guess at each level, I'm just going to see if I can come up with a 1990s movie director and go from there. And I'm guessing since it's Fungo, the last name of the director is probably something that's either that can be a last name of somebody else or can be an object that is not necessarily the last name of a person. So, okay. I mean, a stone can be another thing, but Oliver Stone absolutely did not direct Sleepless in Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) That would be quite a different film. (laughs) Just a bit. (laughs) Who is a cromulent 1990s movie director? 
I don't think he was directing rom-coms, but because it's a name of something that could be other things, I'm going to say Columbus. Columbus is a perfectly cromulent answer. However, it is not correct. So we are going to move on to our two-point clue. Would you like A or C? C. Myrna Loy. Myrna Loy. I feel like I've heard the name Myrna Loy, but I cannot place it. Um, Myrna Loy. Maybe this suggests that it was a female sleepless director. That is... Sorry, Trivia there police was... coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia police coming to get me for not having any clue here. <laughs> I, I do hear a lot of weird sirens going back and forth. Okay, so maybe it's just a female director. And I, I mean, I'm going to say Marshall. Marshall, a fine answer, but not correct. We are going to move on to our final clue for Fungo. One point, if you can get it right here. Leftovers heroin. Leftovers heroin. Yes. Okay, so we have Sleepless Director, which I'm assuming after these three clues was probably going to be the easy clue if you watched movies, but... I don't, so even though I've seen that movie, it just didn't stick. Maybe that's part of why I'm not a big movie person. I fall asleep <laughs> during them, and the facts about them don't like to stick into my gray matter. If you see a movie, <laughs> you, you retain more than if you don't see the movie, even while you're seeing the movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't really retain things. Movies, TV shows, I think that's part of why I'm as bad as I am at movie and TV show trivia, is that... Even when I'm watching it, like it doesn't, the medium doesn't suck me in and it doesn't stick. Like it's just not my medium in the way that books or concerts or even live theater are. No, our brains all work different ways. Absolutely. And so we've got Sleepless Director, Myrna Loy, and Leftovers Heroine. I don't know what leftovers is unless it's cooking bits of last night's dinner um i mean the microwave is pretty helpful for that as is a stove rice is a pretty heroic leftover i mean you can like day old rice you can make some good fried rice with that and some leftovers and you know rice can be a name so yeah sure rice Rice is your answer. Uh, not to be confused, of course, with famous director Sam Microwave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just tickled me. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, no, you did not get the fungo. Can't give you the points here. We're going to be stuck on nine. So the answer that we are looking for is Nora. Nora. Nora oh, Ephron Nora being Efron. the writer, co-author slash director of Sleepless in Seattle. You did pick up on what I was looking for there. Uh, Myrna Loy is an actress from the 1930s. She was famous for being in a series of films with William Powell, including The Thin Man is probably the one that most people would have heard of. Uh, they played a married couple. Uh, Nick and Nora Charles. So she was basically synonymous with this character, Nora. The Nick and Nora films, you know, that, that means Myrna Loy. Uh, and uh, Leftovers is a television show on HBO. Uh, very good show. And Carrie Coon played the lead female character in that uh, show. And her name was Nora Durst. Nora. Nora's across yeah, the board. If you're asking me for a Durst and it ain't Fred, I'm at a loss. Uh, or it could be the Jinx, uh, Robert Durst, the uh, the murderer from, from okay. the Jinx. You know, you might know that one. I, I might Durst. know. You're you're right. I would. I've heard of that Durst as well. Killed them all. Killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, 
killed the points on that one, unfortunately, but fear not. Two questions left in this round, and they are the highest scoring questions. Yes, hopefully there'll be things that hopefully there'll be things that I know, but if not, I still did way better than I thought I would in the first round, so it's not a total loss. It, no, never, never a total loss will it be on this show. Nay, 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 nay. Here is your four-point question. Four points. You know what that means. We're talking sports of a sorts. Uh, TJ Van Toll won the world championship in what event in Oslo, Norway, years before the Konami company ordered them to cease and desist with the competition? So TJ Van Toll won the world championship of something in Norway years before Konami told them to cease and desist. Correct. Okay, so if Konami told them to cease and desist, that's making me think that it's some sport or sport-like event that takes its that takes itself from a video game because Konami is a maker of video games. And okay, so yeah, all I all I keep thinking about is Excite Bike, but that's Nintendo, and of course there's like BMX biking in the X Games and everything else. You wouldn't have to go to Norway for that. Norway makes me think cold ice snow. Definitely not air guitar. The air guitar world championships are in Finland, not Norway. Also, I don't think Konami would have a you know, a patent or a claim, if you will, on air guitar or trademark. I, yes, I went to law school. No, I didn't take a lot of intellectual property classes. Yes, I haven't thought about that stuff in years. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm a recovering lawyer, not an actual practicing lawyer. So don't worry, I'm not going to screw that up for you or anybody. TJ Van Toll, World Championship in Norway, Konami. What is a like? What is a game that people would do? I don't think Konami made made Pac Man. Although the idea of real life Pac Man sounds hilarious. <laughs> real life Street Fighter. Up, up, down, down, left. It's so funny. I'm gonna miss this question, despite the fact that the T-shirt I'm wearing has. An allusion to the freaking Konami code on it. <laughs> Which I'm showing to AJ to prove that I'm not, you know, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. Like my t-shirt is my scav hunt t-shirt from last year, which has an allusion to the Konami code on it. And yet, uh I don't think I I don't think I'm getting there just because I think it would be kind of funny for people to have a real life competition pretending to fight like their video game characters. I'm going to say Street Fighter. Street Fighter is uh, an excellent guess. I mean, just, you know, just the fact that you're able to uh, get in the ballpark here of Konami being a video game company. So they definitely uh, they had released a game. It. Uh, they kind of said, uh, yeah, we don't really like this game much anymore. We're kind of falling out of favor with it. At the time, other companies started releasing their own versions of the game. And so it just really became popular in Norway for some reason. And uh, Norway decided because it uh, was a part of their physical fitness regimen, they allowed it to be competitive and they actually declared it uh, an official sport of the country and so they hosted uh, for a couple of years the international championship of this event and then Konami saw how popular it was getting and said no you can't do it anymore we're going to host it here in Japan and uh, only only Asian people can compete no one from Europe for the United States uh, they have since actually less uh, relaxed that a little bit, and and, and now it is uh, open to all comers. Still around, we're talking about the World Championship of Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, that would make so much sense. I forgot Konami made DDR. What, what's funny is I never played much DDR, but back when I was back when I was in law school. I definitely spent more time at Dave and Buster's with my friends playing like the Korean spinoff of it called Pump It Up 
than I did in the library. And like, I still remember the pump it up dances. I can walk into a Dave and Buster's now and <laughs> nail some of those dances. <laughs> I, I, I do believe uh, for, for you completionists out there who want to know every little thing, I do believe uh, that uh, this was uh, this competition that we're talking about here was the in the groove variant of DDR. Well, one question left. One question left. It's been a while since I've been able to celebrate and go, hoo 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 Although a lot of people out there think I'm celebrating because I'm going, ha, 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 But no, no, no. I want you to get this right. Five-pointer, are you ready? I am ready. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a movie question. But, but no, you can still get it. You can still get it. I have faith. I have confidence. <laughs> the movie which holds the record for most Academy Award nominations without getting one for Best Picture is based on a novel by Horace McCoy and features in its plot a dance marathon. So most nominations without a nomination for Best Picture based on a book by Horace McCoy and features a dance marathon. Correct. Okay. I feel like this is... I know you're going to say it, and I will have heard of it, only because, you know, most nominations without a Best Picture nomination sounds like a thing that has probably come up at trivia and that one of my more movie-savvy teammates will have picked up the slack on. I'm not the movie guy. I'm the I'm the math and science guy. Food and drink, I'm pretty good at. What I'm that experience with the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, that, that's it. I, that's how I'll introduce myself to anyone I play with trivia from now on. <laughs> Hi, I'm the microwave guy. <laughs> okay, so a movie that won a lot of Oscar nominations, no Best Picture nomination, and had a dance marathon in its in its plot. Now I'm thinking dance marathon, and it's like, is it something recent that's a dance marathon, or is it something old school and they're like waltzing the night away or you know lindy hopping the night away <laughs> <laughs> this is me just killing time because i have absolutely no clue on i, I kind of got that impression yeah <laughs> so i should probably just pick a movie and walk away this is like this is not one of those learned league questions that i would let mull for the entire day like if i were confident that i had or did not have the rest of them i would be like okay i'm just going to throw the name of the movie i'm gonna throw the name of some movie in this square so i don't leave it blank and walk away and so the movie that i'm going to throw into this square and walk away is I know this is a movie that got a lot of Oscar nominations, that even got some Oscar wins. Maybe it was nominated for Best Picture. I don't remember if it was nominated for Best Picture. But I'm going to say as good as it gets. As good as it gets. Unfortunately, as, uh, as I'm sure you know, uh, that is not the correct answer, though it did get many an Oscar nomination. Uh, Nicholson. Hunt Kinnear, very, very uh, well-received by many. I personally think it's as bad as it gets as a movie. Hated, hated, hated the script. This is a film from uh, 1969. It did very well at the box office. Uh, Jane Fonda stars in this film. She was nominated for Best Actress. Uh, got nine total nominations. However, Best Picture was not one of them. And you know what I love to do here and Beat My Guest is kind of weave my stream of consciousness all the way through the episode. The name of this film, They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Okay, I... Was, I was never going to get there. I've never heard of the film, so I don't feel bad about missing it. Yeah, it's, it's in the Great Depression, and you know they talk about how when horses can't walk anymore, they will they will shoot them. Uh, and of course, this is about a dance marathon, and the contestants, you know, can't dance anymore. And you know, are they going to shoot me? You know, that makes sense in the context of a dance marathon in a gallows sort of way. Can't give you the points. You're stuck on nine. However, fear not. We are not done. 
No, no, no. I promised you a twist. You promised me a twist. You also promised a possible maximum of 50 points. And so far, you haven't offered me 50 points yet. I have not. But here's, here's what's going on here. There's one question left. It's our very special final question. And it is called the guillotine. We got the guillotine. Here is how the guillotine works. Nicole, one final question. If you get it right, you double your score. Your 9 will become an 18. Just like that, all you have to do is get it right. However, there's a chance that you will get it wrong. If you get it wrong, fear not. Your score will remain the same. I will let you go from the hot seat. No questions asked from that point forward because the game would be over. Uh, You would be free to go. However, if you give an answer that I deem not being appropriate for the category of the question. Like, in other words, no sandbag in this and just throwing a random answer out here. It's got to be something that I could say, yeah, okay, that could be the answer. So if you give an answer that is uh, not valid, if you don't give an answer at all, or, and here's the key, or if you give the wrong answer that I have pre-selected as being the guillotine answer, then it's off with your head and your score gets chopped in half so you are playing for either 18 points 9 points or 4.5 points as your final score do you understand the severity of what's going on here I understand the severity of what's going on here and it sounds like I need at the very least a cromulent answer that's not written down as your pre-selected cromulent answer indeed and here nicole is your guillotine question as of august 2020 who is the oldest living british prime minister the oldest living british prime minister okay and that is of course inclusive of both current and former prime ministers. Otherwise, it would be much of a question. <laughs> uh, if yes, it was just current, it would be a much easier question. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, you wouldn't be able to pick a closely cromulent wrong answer because then you could say, oh, it's either the actual prime minister or if it's one who's not the actual prime minister, that's not close enough off with your head anyway. Exactly. I'm, I'm evil, but I'm not unfair. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Boris Johnson is in office. He is Almost certainly not the oldest. Um, Gordon Brown was in office, and I do not remember him dying. Theresa May, same thing, was in office. Do not remember her dying. Tony Blair was in office. Do not remember him dying. Margaret Thatcher, definitely dead. Um, I remember reading that after she passed away, Ding Dong, the witch is dead, like made it back onto the pop charts after Margaret Thatcher passed away, which is a fact I rather like. (laughs) It's kind of, kind of equal parts cool and cruel. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Now, are there any other British prime ministers from the last, from that last time who are, I mean, I... I should be I, I should be able to remember these. Um, Addy's going to listen to this and he's going to make so much fun of me. <laughs> Gordon Brown, Tony Blair, Theresa May, Boris Johnson. Do I know any other ones who were prime ministers and are possibly alive? I doubt anyone before Margaret Thatcher is alive. I mean, she took office in somewhere around 1980. And I don't think there's a British prime minister that is like Jimmy Carter's age that's still alive. And if there is, I'm not going to come up with them. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put myself out of my misery, stick my head under the blade and say, Tony Blair. Tony Blair is your answer now certainly you know you did a pretty good job of uh, figuring out uh, a bunch of uh, 
potential answers. You were not going to be left stranded without an answer there, obviously. I mean, you, you could always have said Boris Johnson just to avoid, uh, you know, <laughs> getting chopped for uh, a, a non-valid answer. Theresa May, 63 years old, not the oldest living by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Gordon Brown, you mentioned, 69 years old, not the oldest living British Prime Minister. Uh, the guillotine answer... Which I will reveal to you. Yeah, I saw that coming. <laughs> Tony Blair is the guillotine answer. <laughs> Ow, my head! I am sorry. He, uh, 67 years old, so he's the third oldest living. Uh, Gordon Brown, second at 69. The correct answer, at the ripe old age of 77, the man who succeeded Margaret Thatcher, John Major. John Major, I can't believe I didn't think of John Major. Oh, I knew it was going to kill me when I heard it. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm going to have to ask you to pick your head up off the floor, clean up the blood for me there. Uh, we'll call Dexter in to analyze the spatter uh, for just a minute. Uh, but four and a half points, you know what? You never know. You never know what will happen. The guillotine is <laughs> going to be know. there for everybody. Uh, the top six scores uh, are going to advance. You are the fourth person to be in the hot seat. Yes, you are in fourth place right now, but, you know, a lot can happen. Uh, you did have a very good this, that, or the other. I had a great this, that, or the other, and then I got nothing right afterwards because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a good reason. I just ran, in, just ran into a lot of stuff I didn't know. I'm still... Still kicking myself for not thinking of John Major, because as soon as you said it, I'm like, yep, I do not remember hearing about him dying either. I just couldn't think of anyone between the ones I could think of and Margaret Thatcher, and yet, yeah, John Major. I yeah. should have been able to think of John Major. And if he had died, that would have been major news. But, uh, <laughs> Nicole, anything you want to share before you go? Uh, uh, the floor, bloody as it is, is yours. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I don't know how many people who listen to Be My, Beat My Guest enjoy horse racing, but if you like horse racing or want to learn a little bit more about it, you can always listen to my podcast, Chicago Race of the Day. It's very short, about 10 to 15 minutes per episode, and I talk about one race every day of thoroughbred horse racing in Chicago. So check it out, Chicago Race of the Day. Nicole is the source. They know their stuff, and certainly you should probably be listening. Uh, you can reach me at BMG Pod on Twitter. If you want to join our community, the trivia community, Beat My Guest, the Fans Hot Seat is our Facebook group. And of course, if you want to support the cause, we're not going to say no. Patreon.com slash Beat My Guest. Nicole, you may get out of my hot seat. Until the next time, everybody, thank you all for listening. We'll be back with another contestant in the tournament next week. Until then, everybody, take care and bye bye. Did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMG Pod. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.